Let's just pray. Our loving, gracious God, we give you thanks for today. We give you thanks for Brianna, for Renee, for Troy. We ask that you bless them. But Lord, we ask that as we come in this moment, that you open our minds and our hearts to your leading. May we hear your word afresh and anew. May we understand it for ourselves. May you speak into our lives. May your Holy Spirit be upon us and open our minds to your message. Lord, we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. So we're, we're starting our new series, and our new series is on hope. So we're going to be um, looking at hope this week, and we're going to be looking at hope all the way leading up to Christmas. But before I get too far, I want to ask you a question. How many people watch the news? Put your hands up. Okay. So keep them up. Keep them up. How many people have listened to the news on the radio? So add your hands in there. How many people read the news? How many people have seen the news at all? Because there are a few people who have, must live in a hole somewhere that you haven't seen any news because you didn't want to put your hands up. Or is it just that you're afraid to put your hands up? Is, is that it? So I, 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 want, I think most people have seen some form of news somewhere, haven't you? Yeah? Okay, this is responsive. Yeah, yeah. Yes? Fantastic, good, good. I just want to make sure you're with me. So uh, I don't want to speak at you, I want to speak with you. So which do you prefer, good news or bad news? Good news, fantastic. Anybody prefer bad news? I just want to, nobody's brave enough to say that. You know, our first service, somebody said, look, I actually like both good and bad news. So they were brave enough to say that, so that was, that was good. It's interesting because, have you noticed, have you looked at the newspapers, have you looked at the TV, listened to the radio? Why is it, if we love good news, that the majority of it is bad news? Interesting question. If, if, if we like good news so much, why do we listen, why do we watch, why do we see so much bad news around the place? Is it because the world is really terrible and lots of bad things are happening? I want to tell you, there was a study done in 2014, so not that many years ago, because there was a group of psychologists who thought, hang on, when we look at the news, when we see the news services, is there a bias? Are these news services just feeding us negative information, bad news all the time because it sells papers or because um, it, 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 it makes their news service get better ratings? You know, the biggest things, you know, we're the first on the scene when this disaster happens and everybody switches to it. You know, is it because of that? Is it because of money ratings? They thought, we'll ask this question. So they did a study, really interesting study, where they actually got people, um, and they did the first part of the test and they were looking at eye movements and they gave them a number of um, newspaper articles to read, scan through a big, big section of newspapers come up and they were scanning their eyes to see how they would react and respond. And they said, this is just a baseline test to, so that we can do the next test. It, it actually turns out that was the test, and the next one was the placebo. They're just, just to fill it out so that they didn't feel like the first part was the test. So they were, they were testing to see what kind of response they would have to the different kinds of news. And they actually found that we as humans respond faster and more effectively to negative things. So when words like cancer, a death, dying, distraction, terrorism came up, we actually responded quicker to those 
even though those respondents said they preferred good news. It's almost like inbuilt into us that we respond to the negative all the time. So I want to ask you this question. If we live in a world where there is negativity, bad news coming at us all the time, and we respond more effectively to negative stuff rather than positive things, where's the hope gone? Where in our world do we find the hope? The hope that can take us forward, that takes us to the next step. You know, it was interesting because I was looking at the ABC News website yesterday and I was going through and I did a little list of their top stories, top trending stories. And it was a three to one ratio. For every three news stories that had a negative spin on it, there was one positive or neutral story. So even just like yesterday, words such as, um, what do we have here? London and panic and shooting. 200 killed. You know, they were things that kept on coming up. And you had little stories, and it was interesting because the good stories were further down the list. And had things like, there's a story, and I thought this was a really great story. I stopped and read it because I thought it was really, really interesting. It caught my attention. That, um, that, I, that this person who had been stranded in the US, she was driving her car and she ran out of fuel. And this homeless person who was right, was right near where she stopped saw her and saw that she was in trouble, went up to her and said, is there something wrong, can I help you? And she said, I've just run out of fuel. He said, close your doors, roll your windows up, don't open them up for anybody, I'll be right back. And he went off and filled up a jerry can of fuel, brought it back with his last $20, helped her out and sent on her, on her way. And she didn't have any money to pay him back. So she set up a GoFundMe page. And guess what? She's raised $360,000 for this homeless man. What a wonderful story except it's buried behind all the negatives. We, we, we have all these negative things. We want negative. I don't know why, but we tune into it. The question is, where is the hope gone? So the thing is, when we look at this, we realise that we suffer loss in our lives. Things happen. We lose things. You know, like, like today, if you think about it, and we, we're, we're having a celebration of Brianna's birth and baptism. And the thing is that when you have kids, life changes, doesn't it? Yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. Life changes. I've got, I've got three of them. They're bigger. So we're coming out the other end. Um, but life still changes. You know, when, when, you were, when you were just a couple, you were able to do whatever you liked whenever you liked, didn't you? Can you remember back to those that are young parents? Can you remember back to that time when you were newly married and you decided, hang on, let's, heck, let's just go out for dinner. When you have a child, what happens? You lose that sense of freedom, don't you? You go, well, let's go out to dinner. Hang on, hang on now. I've got to make sure that she's slept, that we've got the nappy bag with us, we've got the food, we've got everything else. Oh, heck, let's just stay home. It's much easier. You tend to lose that sense of freedom, but you gain something else, don't you? You gain the joy and the, the excitement a child brings. But even with the positive things, there's still things that we lose. And so what happens is we have this sense of loss. And we need to be careful because this is what happens sometimes to parents, is that that sense of loss that what you once had, you regret that you can't get it back. 
And so they have a loss of hope. So that loss brings you to this loss of hope. And the problem is that that then leads you to despair, to anger, to crying out, to sadness, to intolerance. And the worst thing that can happen is that you actually become apathetic, that you don't care anymore. I hope none of you will ever get to that stage. My prayer for you, actually, of all parents, because we've got lots of parents here, is that you never become apathetic about your family, about your life, and about the friends and family around you, and about your own faith. That you are positive and you will remain strong. I'm going to share with you a scripture reading from Isaiah. Now, we're going to put it up on the screen for you so you can follow along. It comes from Isaiah 40, in verses 28 to 31. Now, I want to put this into context, into the framework of where it comes. Now, Israel is a nation, and they've, they, they became a good nation. They became a big nation. God had blessed them. But then they got taken over, captured and taken, carted off to another country. They were invaded, conquered, and they took the people, and they became slaves. Now, Isaiah's prophesying here and talking to the people who are in exile saying that God has not forgotten you. So let's just read this passage because it's interesting because it talks about where hope can take you. Do you not know? Have you not heard? So I'm just stop for a moment. So Isaiah is actually saying, remember, have you not been taught? Have you not heard? Have you not heard about God? That the Lord is an everlasting God been here from the beginning and will be here always to the end of the age. The creator and the ends of the earth, everything is in God's dominion. He will not grow tired or weary and his understanding no one can fathom. So in other words, even when things go hard or difficult within life, God is still there, still has a plan. You can still be a part of this. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. What a, what a wonderful thing. God gives you strength and power even when you are weak, even when things aren't going great, even when you might be in exile or life is not happening as you, best, as you once thought it could. Even the youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. It's really interesting. You know, how many people are younger than 50 here? Okay, good, because... I'm just on that verge of being 50, okay? Just on that verge of being 50. So anybody younger than me is young, okay? Because you, you get to this point in life, and it, it, it started happening you know, a couple of years ago, and Annette and I tend to do this. We put on a TV show. The kids are good doing other things. And we want to sit down. You know, We've been doing all the kind of things you need to do with family. And we sit down and we go, we really want to watch this. We both sit down and then we go, hang on, what happened then? And you've missed the whole section because what happened? You fell asleep. Now, who has ever done that? Okay, yep. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? Because when you're younger, you tend not to do that. You tend to be more sprightly and you want to just keep going and everything else. See, the young, do get, you do get tired, you do get weary, and even the young people, that will happen to you as well. But see what happens. We get a promise, but those, notice this, but those who what? Who hope in the Lord will actually renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. And I love that phrase. 
Has anybody ever watched an eagle soar? Nature Channel, those kind of things? Have you seen it? If you've ever seen an eagle, and I remember once, we were actually in the Grand Canyon and we were watching this eagle soar around on the thermals. And we were standing on the clifftops and it was just, didn't move its wings, it only just moved the little uh, tips of its feathers and it would turn and dip down and then come up and soar up into the sky. It's this wonderful feeling of being lifted in grace, effortless movement around and just soaring up. And I think that's, isn't that amazing? Wouldn't you love that, that the little effort that you do, you'll be able to soar and your life will be just amazing. It's a promise for you. It's a promise for the future. We'll soar on the wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. Now, I've, I've done a marathon and I know you get tired by the end of it. You know, running, 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 you keep on going and keep on going and keep on going. It's 42 kilometres, you just got to keep on going. You know, you do run and you will get weary. So the thing is, wouldn't you love it if you could run and do everything and never grow weary? It's a promise to continue on no matter what is there, no matter what the promise is, and we will walk and not be faint. So it's all about, about what God can provide you in the midst of problems, in the midst of the negative, you have hope. Because God has not forgotten you. Because God has not forgotten you. That's why we have hope. It's so amazing that we can actually have hope in that. Now, see, the thing is, when we look at this and about hope and about life and about this passage that we have before you, it can speak into our lives so much. It's not just left in that biblical times. It's not just left as a story within the Bible. It can speak into our lives. And I want to give you two things, two things about our life that it can be really important for us to understand. I don't know about you, but life tends to get hectic. Has anybody got a hectic life? Busy? You know, too much in there, life going on and lots of stress happening. You know, you've got one commitment after another commitment after another commitment and you wonder what happens by the end of the week and you're going, hang on, I'm back to Monday again and you've got another commitment after another, and it doesn't matter whether you're young or whether you're old, life can get so busy, can't it? See, the thing is that you can approach this two ways. When you're really overcommitted and really busy, if you are a self-critical person, somebody who says that you, know, you may not have done it right or you think about all those negative things and things are going on, you'll find that when you get really busy, you'll start telling yourself that you've done the wrong thing you start telling yourself that you haven't done the right stuff and you'll criticise yourself. On the flip side, you also have people who are overtly positive. They're always looking at the bright side of stuff. And see, the thing is that when you always look at the bright side, you go, oh, I've always done the right thing. I've always been good. Always, nothing's a problem. I'm always the right one. You'll get a point in your life when things will just not work, especially when you're really overcommitted. That there will be times in your life when it will be tough, and that's what Isaiah is telling us. There'll be times in your life when it will be tough. You can either respond to it by going, oh, I've done the wrong thing, or you gloss over it and going, I'm always right, and you never take the responsibility for yourself. You need to remember that God has not forgotten you in this moment, that there will be some loss, there'll be a loss of hope, but God is always there with us. The flip side is on this, is that even when life is going great, you've got no problems. 
you're paying all the bills, you've got food on the table, the kids are going great, there's no health problems, nothing's going wrong. Never forget that God has not forgotten you. Because so often what happens is when it's really good, when the going's great, we tend to forget that God is there and has been guiding us and pushing us and drawing us to a new location. This is what the Israelites did. They thought God was with them always. And they had a big fall, a fall from grace. They started walking away from God. They started going, I don't need God because I've got it all. What happens, they ended up being exiled and they cry out and go, God, where are you? It's so hard when you are rich, when you've got everything, to continue to rely on God, but it is so important to always remember that God is with you. So I want to share with you a little thing that we need to do. Within our life, we'll always have times of loss. And I'm going to get Caitlin to put that up on the screen for us. There we go. We're always going to have loss. Now, I want, you to think, I want you to think for a moment. What is the one thing that you've lost in your life? It might be a family member. Could be a job. Could be a health. Could be money. There are things that you lose. And in this time of year, at Christmas, when everybody's talking about celebration, about joy and happiness and everything else, this sense of loss can cause you to lose a sense of of hope. So you lose hope. And we've got the next one up on the screen. There we go. Excellent. So we lose that sense of hope. So the thing is, and I was saying before, if you lose that hope, what happens? You go into despair. And for many people, that's the default mode. What you need to do is to reframe. You need to reframe that loss. You need to reframe that loss of hope and reframe it with God in there as well. Reframe it so that you can actually say, Christ died for me, Christ gave me new life, so I can live my life in Christ's stead. We do this in baptism. One of the words that we say is that, you know, for Brianna, that you die to your old self and you become new. It's a reframing of who you are. Same with us in our life. When we have hard things, when we have that sense of loss, we need to reframe it. Back to the example, young parents. You once had a life of freedom. You could go and do what it is, work commitments, whatever, aside, but you could go out when you wanted to go out. You could do the things you wanted to do. Kids come along. It's that sense of loss of that freedom. Reframe it. It's a blessing from God. You are... You've got wonderful kids that you can have a great sense of joy with. They bring a sense of purpose and understanding, a sense of challenge, a sense of joy in there. Reframe that loss into a sense that you can do so many things. You can relive your own childhood. Lots of wonderful things that you can do. Reframe that and what that gives you is that hope that you want to have. Hope for a future. And as we frame, reframe this with God in the midst of it, we realise that Christmas is not about celebrations, it's not about tinsels, it's not about lights, it's not about trees. It's about Christ coming into the midst. It's about the hope that we find in Christ's birth, in his life, and the change that we can have because of that. So let's just pray together. Let's just ask God to bless us 
and guide us and sustain us. Gracious, loving God, we give you thanks for this time when we can hear your word, when you can challenge us to turn a sense of loss into a sense of hope, to reframe that with you in the midst. Lord, if you're pushing one of us, if you're pushing us to understand in our life what is going on, why we might be negative, why we look for the positive but end up in the negative. Help us to reframe that so that we may have more hope within our life, a hope for the future, a hope for ourselves. Lord, if you're pushing us right now that you're saying, I want a bigger commitment in my life, I want to follow you, Jesus Christ. I want you in my life. Lord, I just ask that you pray with me right now. Lord, I give my life to you. I give my life and all that I have to you. May you take me as I am. May you take me and make me new, make me whole, because I put myself in your love, O Jesus Christ. You are the Lord of my life. You are the one I will follow to the ends of the age. O Lord, we pray this in your name, because you are our hope, you are our joy. Amen.